between us And our river's so deep We keep pretending That there's nothing wrong There's a code of silence And it can't go on governments and various organizations that do deals with governments. 
and the big pharmaceutical industries are one of the biggest ones. Huge PR departments, public relations departments, and they come up and, and type all this stuff up that gets parted to you. And there's no opposing side to the story in any of it. They give you their side, their version, and no other one. Now, this flu farce has even been exposed by the same government, other departments within governments, like Canada, and this is one of them. And I'll go into this after the following messages. Sensations in the legs 
In many instances, the weakness and abnormal sensations spread to the arms and upper body. No one knows why this syndrome strikes some people and not others, or what sets it into motion. That's what they say. Now, let's get that last bit again. No one knows why. This is the expert, Murray Fife, talking, head of the health department for this department of Vancouver. No one knows why the syndrome strikes some people and not others or what sets it into motion. Well, Mr. Murray Fife, let's go back to the beginning of the column. Research suggests a very small risk of developing the potentially disabling neurological disorder, Guillain-Barr syndrome, after receiving a flu shot. I'll send my bill in later. So there you go. They just can't figure out why they come down with this after getting flu shots. So it's a mystery as why they get this disease. And that's what we're dealing with. And now most people don't really analyze the information that's dished out to them. They go along with it, especially when the experts uh, tell them that this is so. And they come out with the latest theories. In science, we, we get to this bottom level here. It's full of theories, you see. A theory is someone's good guess. And your theory is as good as anybody else's theory or guess. However, Bertrand Russell said a long time ago, we shall train the public uh, not to do a thing without the advice from an expert. And unfortunately, we've had a whole lifetime of it now. We're into the second or third generation of being indoctrinated by experts who keep changing their theories but never the agenda. So they're giving you all these free flu shots. And then they give a list of people who should get it. Now remember, if you're a good consumer-producer, according to the United Nations, you are a good citizen. After you retired, you're not so good uh, a, a producer anymore. You're a consumer only, and perhaps you're a useless eater. People 65 years and older should have, and their caregivers should get the flu shot. Children and adults with chronic health conditions and others in their household. Now let's go back into the eugenics program. Again, children, overpopulation, yada, yada, yada. And people who have hereditary problems, genotypes, are being targeted. So children and adults with chronic health conditions, you know, those who are a burden on society, should also go and get their flu shot. Healthcare workers, now they're amongst the highest to come down with side effects of chronic fatigue and all the rest of it because they get more shots than anyone else gone to healthy children aged 23 months to 6 years infants aged 0 to 23 months now their immune system hasn't even begun working then and here they are dumping this stuff into their bloodstream yeah they'll see it's intramuscular subcutaneous under the skin but it gets into the bloodstream and what's the first thing they teach you boys and girls when you cut yourself and you're a child and mummy grabs you or daddy grabs you and they want to kiss it all better, but they want to wash it all first with hot water and maybe some disinfectant. You're taught that as normal because things can get into your body. You don't want nasty things in your body. But we've all been trained, trained, mind you, like animals, that something stuck right into you by a guy in a white coat is okay. That's the exception to the rule. And none of us, including the guy with the white coat, has the ability to analyze what's in that actual inoculation. The whole system is based on faith. Everything is based on faith from the consumer right up through the guys who give you the inoculations, right up to the laboratories where they make all this stuff. Now, 
it's no secret that people like uh, Bertrand Russell, uh, like Aldo Huxley, and people like um, even Charles Galton Darwin uh, talked about, and you'll find that in the writings of Jacques E. Lowell, talking about these guys, uh, talking about the fact that they would use inoculations to bring down populations, etc. And lo and behold, there's never been such a big push for these inoculations. Now, as I said before the break, what's really amazing here, apart from all the rest of the hype and nonsense and unverifiable supposed facts, is the fact that other governmental departments have come out with their own studies disproving the other part of the government's findings, telling you, generally in the spring, it happens every year in Canada, that the blind studies they've done with controlled groups, those who had flu injections composed opposed to those who did not, uh, that there's no difference at all in those who came down with the flu, except a lot of them who, came, who had the, the shot came down with flu-like symptoms and often had bronchial problems. And then we have this, this uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome to add on to it. One in ten, one in ten people come down with this. But they're still pushing this poison out there. And for those who don't quite get it, they should go in to all of the old books going back into the 1800s on eugenics and the eugenics agenda because it's well underway, well underway. And don't let your, your, your grandpa or your grandma go and get that flu shot. A government official called me up about a year ago. His mother ended up in bed in chronic care, intensive care, after getting the flu shot. And she had pneumonia. That's fairly common uh, in the elderly once they get this particular flu shot. And it's all unproven. It's all unproven that the shot itself it will prevent the flu. Uh, that's... Uh, that's, that is the only thing that you can prove with blind study tests. We have to wake up quickly and realize that we've been had. We've all been had. It's the same with the mercury and the inoculations that they give out there for all the other types of injections you get when you're a child. The heavy metal of, of uh, mercury is loaded up. So supposedly it's a preservative into these vaccinations. Now, they knew in the 1800s when they were treating syphilis with mercury injections what it did not only to the brain, but they looked at the rest of the body. It accumulates an accumulative type uh, metal, like all heavy metals, and it destroys the neurons in the brain. And they found it was destroying them faster in the groups that got mercury treatment for syphilis and the ones who didn't get the mercury treatment lasted longer and they had their faculties, their mental faculties, for years after the ones who had mercury treatment went under. So don't tell me they don't know what they're doing. We've got to stop this trusting stuff and believing that their excuses. They just foul things up along the way, and it was all a big mistake. We've got to throw this out the window. These guys don't make mistakes, especially on this kind of scale. And you go through even the little codings, little jokes they give us down through the years and through the generations, uh, from pop music for the father, of course, to rock music. And we have the Rockefeller Foundation that was one of the first ones to push all inoculations. And then you have heavy metal. What do you think heavy metal was all about, folks? Eh? That's when things went really crazy and the drugs came in and society.
society was turned upside down. Well, mercury, you see, is a heavy metal, and we've all had our dose of it. Mercury is the patron of mercenaries and merchants. Why those particular two groups? Because they always move together, as they still are across the Middle East. Money goes along with the troops because the spoils of war are very lucrative and tempting to big army controllers. Mercury is a heavy metal. We've all had our shot. We've all got the message. Everyone who's been born since the 50s has got the message. Now I'll be back with more after the following messages. Arthur Kessler 
who is now announced did work for MI6 as a novelist, as many of them did, and even we'll find uh, Blair that wrote 1984, George Orwell, uh, also belonged to it. Uh, many novelists belonged to MI6, and, and in the U.S., the top poets even and writers belonged to the CIA. It's now declassified information. Some of them knew what they were doing. Others, I'm sure, didn't. They were ideological. But others certainly knew what they were doing. And Arthur Kessler, who had one of the biggest egos of all of the whole group that worked for the British side of it, in tandem with the CIA because they had a joint office in London. He, he said himself that, that he worked eventually for the United Nations groups on ways to lobotomize a part of the human brain on the general population, the part of the brain that gives the elite all the problems, the one that makes us all fight each other. And he said we can do it chemically by introducing chemicals that go straight to that part of the brain and destroy it or we can actually inject it in to try different ways, or we can spray it from the air or put something in the water or the food. And he, his section was to deal with the psychological indoctrination, but he worked with, alongside the guys who did the biochemical warfare research on it. And at the end of his book, he tells you this is the only way to achieve world peace, because from the elite's point of view, they are the natural survivors. They are the ones most fittest to guide uh, planetship Earth through space and the future, while the rest of us are just junk genes. And that's where these claim the problems all arrive from, is from the bottom upwards. The bottom row is squabbling and fighting, and we have no manners. We've got bad breeding. We've got junk genes. And so they were talking about ways to bring us all down. Africa was to go down quickly because they didn't have the wealth or, or even the media to get out to, to the Western world of, of what was happening. And the Western world was to be brought down, depopulated slowly by other means so that the public wouldn't panic when more of them started to die off with various illnesses or cancers. What a coincidence. Cancer is now one in every two. Infertility in the Western male is 75% lower. I mean, we, we were, we were 25% fertile, 75% sterile. And the United Nations announces these statistics every year itself, never puts any qualification on it. They just announce them. And believe you me, if it was not meant to be, there'd be a crisis. They'd say it was a crisis situation. When that happens in one generation, one generation, mind you, and they don't say it's a crisis, then it's because it's part of the plan. And we better all wake up to this agenda it's ongoing. It's been going on all my life. And what's even more important is the experts who take over your lives, like the doctors, are brainwashed, first of all. You must brainwash the people who then brainwash the public. And the doctors who are leaving medical school today are being taught none of the histories of cancer or the inclines of cancers over the 40 years or so. They're taught it's quite natural that one and two gets it back after the following messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
I'm back with Cutting Through the Matrix. And uh, I don't know if John from Texas is still on the line. Are you there, John? Yeah, hi, Alan. Hello. Alan, I have uh, three quick questions. Yeah. They're kind of yes and no questions, but um, <clears throat> I'll ask them real quick. Go ahead. Um, the uh, first question is, uh, is the absolute truth darker than the elite's goal towards their great work? Question number two, let me shut the door and the dog's barking. Question number two, does the absolute truth have anything to do with the history and or age of technology? That's the third level, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, the third and last question is, does the absolute truth have anything to do with the ancient mysteries? Yeah. Okay, yeah, well, it's darker than, than the, the elite themselves. No, there's no doubt about it. You're looking at a category or a section of society, which is interesting. I mentioned on a, a show last night that if you were to line up the old religious uh, descriptions of people who were demonically possessed and you line up the scientific descriptions of the psychopath with their MOs, they're both basically the same. It's anti-human or, and they're inhumane. And so you definitely have a darker side to all of this at the very, very top. People who can plan wars and actually work out estimations of how many millions they'll kill off in advance and then all shake hands and agree, now it's done, it's so it will be. That's what they say at the top, so mote it be, and their big foundations, etc. And they go off to parties and forget all about it and have a good time. These are not, that's not, not a natural human trait to, to have. And, and so there's a darker side uh, for sure behind it. Technologically-wise, you'll find it as far back as Francis Bacon's time. Uh, that's when the sudden rush was on towards science. Uh, the Rosicrucians, or the big movement that came out of the woodworks, um, pushed science, and they, were all, they all became experimenters. And Francis Bacon himself died of an infection uh, he had toxemia uh, because he was dissecting a, a chicken to, to find out all of its sinews, etc., and, and draw it all down. So these guys were into science in a big way. And this is the same man, remember, Francis Bacon, that wrote uh, The New Atlantis, taking a play off, off the old Plato's uh, Atlantis. And he was talking about the United States, and he said it would be run by a secret government, uh, for, uh, but in reality... But for the people, they'll have a form of Republican democracy. And that's exactly what you have. Carl Quigley came out in his book, Tragedy and Hope, and admitted that for 50 years, and this is the 1960s, he says for 50 years, America has been run by a parallel government. And we now know who it is. It's the Council on Foreign Relations, which is the American branch of the Royal Institute for International Affairs. And that goes all the way back to Queen Elizabeth I court, once again with Francis Bacon, John Dee, and, and that little clique who came up with the idea of free trade, a global system in the British Empire. So it's, it all ties in together. Uh, so it's pretty well yes to all of those things. But, but the sciences were to be kept quiet from the public, hidden from the public, the higher sciences. And so for from professorship down, you're given theories on everything, and the professors themselves don't know that there's higher levels above them. Now, some of them do suspect it, in fact, because I've had professors call me, and they admitted that maybe one in 50 professors will be chosen to get access 
to certain archives, and they cannot talk about them once they've been shown around these archives. And so there are higher sciences that's kept from the public. We know the CIA has a higher level of science, a higher level of weaponry. Uh, they were using uh, gizmos in the 50s. They could put thoughts and voices right into your head from a distance, line of sight. And you could put one of these little gizmos in your pocket. Uh, Nick Bigage showed that on uh, Canadian Broadcasting Television, CBC, uh, and demonstrated it on the host, Wendy Mesley. And she heard music in the middle of her head, and it could just have easily been, been words, and you've been locked up as being a schizophrenic. So they've had this higher technology. Professors at university didn't know about this stuff, and it wasn't declassified really until Nick Beach came along and, and showed us all of this equipment, which makes me wonder how Nick got a hold of it, because you can't buy it at the Army Surplus Store. And that stuff had to have been uh, not only solid-state circuitry, but micro-circuitry. Meanwhile, back in the 50s, everyone used the big tubes and the, the radios and televisions, these big glass tubes. And, uh, and meanwhile, they skipped the whole stage of transistors and, and all the rest of it, and were actually using with, with microcircuitry and chips. So uh, they, they always keep their, their high sciences quiet and hidden from the public. Uh, was there another question there? Uh, I, th I think the last one was, does the uh, absolute truth have anything to do with the ancient mysteries? It is. It's tied in with the ancient mysteries and also to do with godhood. And, of course, there's two versions of everything. And you get the same thing with the ancient mysteries where they talked about the whole thing was to, to become god or a god, having power over the, all that you survey. And the pharaohs had hymns written to themselves and they talk about climbing the pyramid uh, as they marched up towards Orion, the constellation in the sky that represented them, Orion as the hunter. And the pharaoh's uh, hymn said, I have become Orion, I am a god, uh, I own all that walks, flies or crawls or buries beneath the earth, everything is mine. And that's, that's basically godhood for, from the elite's point of view. A god is something that, that has the right to decide life or death to a person. And that's what we have today. We have people who uh, literally are playing God and knowingly. Um, they, have, they, they can order whole vast armies to conquer the planet. That's happening. Um, they're also working towards longevity for themselves. They have broken uh, the, the, the gene that, that uh, is called the time gene or the aging gene. They've broken that. That was admitted on a Canadian broadcasting Casting Corporation by David Suzuki, who is a geneticist and who, who also is one of the big players for the UN and the World Wildlife Fund. He said we can make someone live to 500 years of age right now if we want to, uh, barring accidents. And, uh, and that was all he said. And that's the same man who's a eugenicist too. And he said, we got to kill off, I can't remember how many thousands of people today or, or per day in order to save the planet. So he's, he's, he's all for this whole agenda. So whatever we're given in the papers is either disinformation, outright lies, uh, but it's certainly meant to keep us all in the dark and believing that whatever the scientific magazines give us uh, is the latest. We're on the cutting edge where we're taught to believe we're on the cutting edge. No, we're not on the cutting edge. Uh, we are, we are, everything we're given is antique. Even the information is obsolete. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, Doc. Thanks for Thanks calling. a lot, Alan. Okay. Take care. Now, it's Kirk in California there. Are you there, Kirk? It's 
Good evening, Alan. How are you tonight? Not so bad. Good, good. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about conformity. Mm -hmm. I've been uh, reading a book because ever since listening to you, it's uh, really put me in a path to go find a lot of lot of different books to read. And this one is an anatomy of conformity. It yeah. came out of the uh, University of Michigan, and it was um, funded by the Ford Foundation. Yeah. And those wonderful benefactors of society. And uh, I wonder if I could read you a little clip of it real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. It says, um, if one wishes to produce conformity for good or evil, the formula is clear. Manage to arouse a need or needs that are important to the individual or to the group. Offer a goal which is appropriate to the need or the needs. Make sure that the conformity is instrumental to the achievement of the goal and that the goal is as large and as certain as possible. Apply the goal or reward at every opportunity. Try to prevent the object of your efforts from obtaining an uncontrolled education. Choose a setting that is ambiguous. Do everything possible to see if the individual has little or no confidence in his own position. Do everything possible to make the norm which you set appear highly valued and attractive. Set it at a level not too group, not too, I'm oh, sorry, not too far initially from the starting position of the individual or the group and move it gradually towards the behavior you wish to produce. Be absolutely sure you know that what you want to do, you will, you will be willing to pay an enormous price in human quality. For whether the individual or the group is aware of it or not, the result will be conformity. Yes. Uh -huh. And I thought that was uh, yep. pretty factual. That's why they encourage groups, and you always have the spokesman. Now, remember, every part of the chess game, this global chess game that's going on, every part of, every move that goes out there, these guys have think tanks debating of what the reaction will be from different segments and different personality types within society. And they start training the public, certain people to go out to become leaders before they've even made the move that causes the reaction. And they've been doing this for 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 a hundred odd years at least that we can trace. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia admits that in his own book, uh, uh, Seven Pillars of Wisdom. He was yeah, picked to university. He was, they, they funded them heavily. They sent them off to uh, own newspapers in Arabic countries. And then they hired hundreds of staff to go around the bazaars listening to the gossip to see if people were parting the news articles and how the debates were going. So even, even the conversations and those things we argue about are all given to us. And then they come along and, and they shape the direction we're supposed to go in. And then you have a counter-reaction from some other group that's not happy or they're left out in the cold. And they also lead those groups along as well. Through conflict, they have resolution. And it's the resolution or the synthesis, as it's also called, that they're after. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, Lawrence, he worked with uh, Ronald Storrs pretty closely, right, Sir Ronald Storrs? He knew, he knew him. Uh, again, these guys all belong to uh, uh, an aristocracy. Uh, Lawrence himself was brought up in a, uh, it was a small castle. It was a form of big mansion, really, but it was shaped like a castle. And he was groomed from childhood for his position, as were many of the big elite players that went into uh, Oxford and Cambridge uh, at that time. He was only one of about 20 uh, students that were trained in all of the Aramic languages and sent over there with money to start writing propaganda that would then affect the cultures of the Arabs and get different factions fighting each other. Yeah, just all through these various different forms of manipulation. Huh? Yeah. yeah, this uh, this book is uh, pretty uh, frightening because it's just cold, 
scientific, calculated, yep. to the point, tells you right there. And uh, I encourage anybody out there who seeks knowledge to look at, into as many of these types of books as you can in psychology and sociology, human behavior, because they, uh, they document it just like we're animals. Yes, they do. And they've had plenty of study time and uh, plenty, uh, thousands of studies actually they've done across the world and repetition to make sure it always works the same way every time. And, and they do. It's like Albert Pike said, we never start a premature revolution. Now, most revolutions are started by this mystic group at the top of the planet here. Uh, they cause the revolutions, and most of them are just mean changes in society, like the sexual revolution, the drug revolution, and all the, all the other revolutions. They're, they're bloodless to an extent, but they change the direction of society, and it's their revolution. And that's why the biggest think tank that came up with a con game of global warming in the 70s published in their own book called The First Global Revolution, and were so cocky about it. These are the guys that give the real revolutions. They're, these are the guys who always win. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you have to be really, really mentally deranged, I guess would be a word, or, I mean, there's no real word for the way these people really are. Deviant class, I like. Uh, yeah, but yeah, they're psychopathic, things. there's no doubt. They have every psychopathic trait. They have no conscience. They can they plan the death, deaths of millions, uh, the depopulation programs, give the okay to inoculations that, that sterilize uh, young men and so on, and all the other diseases that, come, that men and women come down with later in life. As it's all done to us, and they go home, they sleep well, they go to parties, they're very sociable, very polite people, but they're psychopathic in reality. Uh, in fact, psychiatry, even though they can describe the symptoms, uh, they, they class it as a personality disorder. They don't know what causes it, but what they do know from uh, uh, big investigations in other countries, including the Soviet, ex-Soviet bloc, is that it can be hereditary, especially if in breeding with psychopaths. Yeah, that's amazing because they don't class it as a mental illness. It's yeah. a psycho, like you said, a social disorder, yeah. I believe. That's right. But, um, anyway, thank you very much for your time and for all you do. And uh, speaking of books, I have not neglected you. I sent you a check uh, last week, and I encourage everyone else to please uh, help support Alan. I mean, he gives us so much. And thank you very much, Alan. Thanks for calling. Uh, Brian in New York, are you there? Hey, you can hear me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, I was thinking that... Uh all the various degrees of all these societies and orders are uh, not only a way of um, preserving knowledge and holding knowledge, but uh, a programming of sorts, uh, a proven program yeah. to uh, keep uh, a good amount of psychopathy from turning against itself. Yes. And then... Uh, just, you know, creating a bunch of lower orders and just, you know, stamping them with their symbols and then just feeding them a bunch of garbage to, uh, and giving them experiences to justify, uh, yeah. They, they, they call them, uh, even Pike himself, uh, uh, had, had derogatory terms for the lower Masons that were, you know, useful idiots. And he said that they're no different from the profane. They think they are, but they're still useful idiots. And they don't get into the real mysteries until they, they come up through the degrees. Now, it's a sifting process because psychopathic groups and aristocratic clubs down through the centuries have methods of finding their own people and testing their own. Who do you bring up? And you want the same traits as yourself. You want someone who can do terrible things and yet never divulge it to anyone. Uh, you want people who will obey their superiors. Now, a psychopath 
because it's sadomasochistic, worships the powerful ones above him, despises those below. So when you're given an order in high masonry by a senior mason, you are taught to obey it instantly and, all, and put all reservations or, of judgment, personal judgment, to the side. They must not interfere. You must obey immediately without question. And the psychopaths will do that because they have no conscience and they're showing that they have all the right stuff, as they call it, to get up there. That's what the real purpose is of masonry. Yeah, and when you know that, it really shouldn't be hard to uh, understand that the uh, reading programs, you know, have to be in progress big time. Yes, there's always a sifting mechanism. Special Forces has it too. The military has it, their own ways of testing and finding out who can be absolutely counted uh, on in any situation and will be any order. They find who they are, and these are the teams they make up uh, for assassination squads, for instance. Uh, they, they pick the people, they test them well, and they're proven. And uh, it's no different in any of these associations, but we always find crookedness and big crooks go behind charity and charitable works. It's hard to attack mum's apple pie. I'll be back after the following messages. Trump, 
and everyone worships you. You're up there on stage. You've made it, and the psychopaths can't help but make it in the system. Now, I think we have John in Florida on the line. Are you there, John? Uh, yes, I am. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, talking about in South Florida, you know, we have Donald Trump down here, which I don't like, but uh, this goes back uh, over 40, 45 years with Fidel Castro and why we trade with China, but why there, there has been an agenda. And, and one of your previous callers talked about, you know, kind of this, and, and you spoke on this, but why can we still don't deal with Cuba? And I'm, I'm American, uh, I'm Irish, yeah. but why don't we deal with the Cubans? Why don't we do that? We deal with everybody else, yeah. but we don't yeah, deal with Cuba, the Cubans. Cuba has been left alone. I mean, let's be, come on. The CIA admits they put Fidel Castro in with his revolution. And it was after he got in, oh my, my, then they found out he was a communist. Like it was a big surprise, right? Now, Castro uh, had affiliations with, uh, with, with Oxford University and the Rhodes Scholarship, and we had a prime minister in Canada who at one time was the head of the Young Communist Party in Canada. That He became prime minister of Canada. That was Pierre Trudeau. He led the delegation to Moscow in 1952 on behalf of the Comintern Party, Young Communists of Canada. Every reporter knew it, but they all kept quiet. They ran for election. And... He was best friends with Fidel Castro. The whole thing was a setup. He always gave you a Northern Ireland scenario right next to the big player, and, and that's what they've done. It keeps you going. They can, they can get them in, in motion and war when they want, or at least the threat of war. You always got to have someone that you can see is over there. So that, that's as much I can say in this time. From a image myself, it's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you.